This is Panorama at DMG Investments, where we discuss developments, opportunities, and insights into the real estate market and global economy. Welcome to the Panorama Podcast, brought to you by DMG Investments. Today on the show, we have Jeffrey Amingwall, the COO of DMG Investments. Jeffrey, thanks for being here. Hi, Richard. It's my pleasure. So, Jeffrey, could you start off by telling us a little bit about your background and, and your career in real estate? Well, it actually started quite some time ago. Started in the business doing construction throughout New York City and then on a more national and global basis. But for the past, oh, I'd say 11, 12 years, I've been involved with real estate development, particularly in, with condominiums and residential properties. And, and that sort of evolved to where we are today, uh, doing both residential properties and student housing, which is our primary focus. And if you could tell us a little bit about what you think are the most important areas of real estate right now that investors are deploying capital into, what would those be? It's wide ranging. Um, Market rate housing is still an area where there's a great deal of uh, effort and investment, um, but it's somewhat diverse. It's uh, student housing, it's affordable housing, it's workforce housing. Um, We're seeing virtually every sector being active right now. And that's because, you know, we're coming out of COVID, things were tossed upside down and uh, there's a you know, fair amount of pent up uh, energy and, uh, you know, capital that's going to be deployed at this time. And you, you brought up uh, the COVID pandemic and, and workforce housing. Uh, what's been your sense as far as how uh, the pandemic has impacted workforce housing and, and what the status of that market is? Well, with workforce housing, oftentimes it's a partnership between the public and private enterprises. So with COVID, a lot of that ceased because of the, you know, lack of ability to get together, work through uh, the dynamics of approvals and and process and and financing. So many of those opportunities were shelled for a period of time. And what we're seeing now is that there's this dynamic energy of uh, both on the public sector and private sector to invest in workforce housing. There's a greater demand, and and you know larger companies are recognizing that and realizing, um, even if they're outside the uh, development space, they're realizing a need for workforce housing. And I wanted to ask you about student housing as well. DMG Investments has a large portfolio of, of student housing properties, the the Outen uh, student housing community. Uh, how have you seen that that market impacted by the pandemic? And and what does it look like now as so many students are returning back to school for the fall semester? So during the pandemic, there was a retrenchment of development, and and that was due to the uncertainty in the market space. Um, We couldn't really define what the enrollment would be uh, for the next couple of years. It was somewhat unknown. Now that we see that universities are opening up again and students are returning, it's been a slow process um, because there's still a degree of uncertainty. And until that uncertainty is worked through, we're going to see a slow uptick in, in future development of student housing. Um, we think that within the next five years, it will be back to its same robust levels, but it's going to take a bit of time. What are some of the macro factors in the economy uh, that are currently influencing acquisition decisions for you guys? It's, it's diverse. It really has to do with what that workforce is going to look like in the coming years. Um, There seems to be a certain amount of sluggishness with people coming back to the office space, which changes that dynamic. Um, Remote working is still, you know, an active part of the community. So there's a lot of thought as to how, you know, residential housing is going to perform over the next few years. At the same time, there's a lot of pressure to develop because there's 
you know, a backlog of need for, for residential housing of every level and every stripe. Um, workforce housing is, has been and continues to be a critical element in this nation as to, you know, affordable housing. So we'll see those dynamics pushing forward, um, but it will take a little bit longer, let's say, to get some of those um, off the drawing board and into construction. What does the multifamily housing space look like right now? And, and where do you see that going over the next 12 months? Well, that's a regional issue. So in areas like the Northeast, um, there's a lot of fluctuation within um, the market rate housing arena. Um, there are areas, for example, in New York that are still dynamic and active. There are other areas that might be a little bit slower. And what we've seen prior to the pandemic continues. So areas of the uh, Southeast, um, around you know, Raleigh and Charlotte and those types of uh, locations, they're still robust. And in Austin and other points in Texas, again, they are equally robust. So it's a regional or you know, issue that uh, is diverse depending on, on given regions and the economics that were in place prior to the pandemic and how those economies are coming out of the pandemic. So there's a lot of factors that are influencing that space. And if we pivot to talk about innovation in, in real estate and, and how technology is disrupting uh, real estate, uh, what, are, what are some of the innovations that you've seen happening in the industry or, or uh, moving forward over the next 12 months in the industry that are exciting you? Well, I've spoken in the past about modular housing as being really the, uh, the means to doing construction in the future, you know, change over from con conventional construction to modular manufactured uh, construction. And that's true in the volumetric space where you know, we're building mid-rise and high-rise buildings using modular manufacturing. Um, but it's also true in cottage-style homes, townhomes, and even single-family homes that are, are in, again, in a volumetric basis. And what we're seeing is efficiencies that are born of the manufacturing process, but it's also a response to the lack of uh, sufficient uh, construction workers throughout the nation. There are areas that just don't have enough um, people invested in construction um, in terms of their livelihood. So that's been a challenge that's ongoing. And that challenge has been met with modular manufacturing. So if we switch tracks now, we, we talk a little bit about your personal advice as somebody who's been in the real estate industry in investment and development for so long. What would be uh, a piece of advice that you would give to others who are coming up in the industry? Well, the first thing is, you know, this is a tried and true truism, location, location, location. So what we want to do is look for locations that um, have a pent up need for housing um, of every kind. Um, I would say be more flexible as to the type of housing that you invest in, that it shouldn't always be uh, high end condominiums, but, it, you know, it should be workforce. It should be market rate. It should be affordable. Um, there are great returns as an investor in all of those vehicles. Um, and for us, student housing has has proven and continues to prove, um, you know, an industry that has great returns. So I would look for locations that are strong, will continue to grow. Um, I would follow those trends carefully, um, and I would be sensitive to what's happening in the market space. It's not just the value of the land or, or the necessary returns on a development project, but it's also the ability to deliver that project on a timely basis. Um, in some areas where you lack workforce, you may have a great project, but it may not be able to be delivered um, on the, in the time frame that you need, particularly in student housing, where delivery of student housing is really dictated by you know, having the units completed prior to that next semester. And usually that means completing it before August. 
So you have to be sensitive to that. You have to be sensitive to what those investments will yield for you um, and what what particular space you want to be in. All right. And and Jeff, what's one thing about yourself personally uh, that isn't on your resume that uh, that's an interest outside of real estate? Well, for me, it has to do with ingenuity. So, you know, I'm, I'm a particular fan of robotics and automation, um, 3D printers, you know, the, the technology that's now available to us as you know, consumers is just wide ranging and, and allows us to you know, sort of dabble or play in new arenas. Um, there's nothing better than sitting down and creating something and then having it produced on a 3D printer and being able to utilize it, whether it's a tool or a toy. So I'm fascinated by that technology. I'm fascinated by the sciences behind it. And that's what excites me. All right. Well, Jeff, thanks for being here today. Everybody out there, thanks for listening to the Panorama Podcast by DMG Investments. Looking forward to seeing you in the next episode. See you next time. That concludes this episode of Panorama at DMG Investments. Thank you very much for listening.